Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This guy is a machine. All he does is work out and pick winners. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Chicago Sports Betting Show. Touchdown, Ohio State. There are some folks who are celebrating <laughs> and others who are saying, you've got to be kidding. You kind of know what I'm thinking about. Over or under? Under would be the key word. Hello? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Saturday mornings on 670 The Score and the Radio.com app. Tomorrow. You thought Thursday night was fun? Just wait until tomorrow for 10 packed hours NFL action and a whole lot of betting along the way. Maybe some fantasy, survivor, pick and pulls, all that good stuff that comes with every NFL season. Coming up in a few minutes, we'll check in with Yahoo Sports' Frank Schwab. He's a terrific NFL handicapper, buddy of mine. We'll go back and forth on our week one plays. Also want to hear about his favorite futures and some player awards that he likes. Later on in the hour, we'll check in with a Vegas bookmaker originally from Chicago, get his outlook on week one in the NFL as well. Happy Saturday. Welcome into Early Odds Sports Radio 670. The score, and you can't forget, it uh, should be fun to see some of those Power of Five schools in action. Not the Big Ten, but some other Power of Five schools uh, playing college football today, including Notre Dame. Before we get to Schwab, I want to start with Bears-Lions. The line movement has been fascinating to watch. Very early on in the offseason, the Bears opened up as slight favorites. The market strongly disagreed. Then the Lions became favorites. Then Mitch Trubisky is named the starting quarterback. More people are betting. It goes up to Bears as three-point underdogs at the Lions with a total in the low 40s. It's sitting about 42. But yesterday, the injury report comes out. Final one for the week. Kenny Galladay is doubtful for Detroit. And for the Bears, Robert Quinn is doubtful to play. The line comes down a half a point off that key number of three to two and a half. Now, the narrative has been Mitch Trubisky can play well against one team. It's against the Detroit Lions. There's so much up in the air because we have so little information. I mean, that's typically the case in the NFL, but more in 2020 than other seasons. If you could tell me 
Okay, the defense that Matt Patricia is going to play tomorrow against the Bears is they're going to go with man again. Like, yeah, I love the Bears. And I would have definitely jumped on that three. They do have a new defensive coordinator calling plays, and they haven't blitzed Trubisky much in the past. So you have to wonder. It's kind of up in the air how Detroit's defense is going to react, and they've been preparing for a full offseason. I don't know if they spent more time preparing for Trubisky or Foles, though. Don't have a strong play on the side. I'll go over my favorite plays, and this one never really got there for me because I have a lot of questions, and then the injury report coming out yesterday, that really raises some issues. But uh, once that report was released and we find out that in all likelihood, Kenny Galladay will not be on the field for the Lions. I feel more confident that the Bears are going to cover the spread or maybe pull out the outright victory. But I'm not putting any of my own money on that, at least not not before the game gets going. Total 42. I think there will be more scoring than some of us expect. Uh, the Lions defense is terrible. But hey, you, you got a Bears offense that's been putrid for like a year and a half now. But I'm taking a look at some props. And these player props, they don't post them, a lot of them, until Sunday mornings because they're exploitable. But Matthew Stafford facing the Bears for the first time in a couple of years. Detroit may continue to bring in different running backs, but they still don't have a run game. In the first eight games last season when Stafford was playing, and he was on pace for 5,000 passing yards, he was averaging 36 pass attempts per game. Three times he got into the 40s. And pay attention to the game script, because if the Lions are losing, I mean, you'll see Stafford throw 40-some times, maybe into the 50s. So I'm going to take a close look at what the pass attempts for Stafford is, and it could be a pretty strong overplay for me. NFL Week 1 started with a bang for me, because I was all about the over 53.5 between the Chiefs and Texans, and for about 3.5, 3 and 3 quarters quarters, that looked like a big loser, but kind of backdoor came in at the very end. Andy Reid goes for the field goal, and it was a beautiful Thursday evening getting those three points in the final 30 seconds of that game. Reid did not have to do that. A lot of fun, so hopefully uh, some of that luck continues into the weekend. And we welcome in to Early Odds on Sports Radio 670. The score, our buddy Frank Schwab. He finished 33rd in the 2017 Super Contest. That is in the top 1%. A lot of the sharpest minds who bet the NFL enter this Super Contest. So that is fantastic. Uh, you can find Frank on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, we had the dates forever. We knew when the NFL was going to start. Everything happened right on time. It really feels like the entire season just snuck up on all of us, and uh, I'm wondering if you're as tired as I am right now. Oh, man. You know, it's like this week hit, and it's like, oh, oh wow, there's NFL football in a couple of days. Like, I, it's just this crazy year, no preseason. I didn't get to ease into it like normal. I'm sitting there finalizing all my future bets at the last second and trying to, you know, just trying to figure out week one, which I know we'll talk about. And boy, this is a tough week one. And yeah, I, I'm just that mix of like really, really excited for Sunday and just worn out already. You know, we have, <laughs> we have four or five months of this to go. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about. We knew the dates for so long and so long. And then, yeah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Okay, I guess we're starting. <laughs> it's that time. Okay. Great. 
It's so yeah. great. It's just like, cause there are so many days this off season when, I mean, it's not just my main hobby of NFL football is my job, you know? And so there are so many days where you're like, this is just never going to work. They can't do this. This is, you know, the Miami Marlins, St. Louis Cardinals happen. And it's like, mm-hmm. if they can't get it done, how, how the, how does the NFL ever going to pull this off? Hey, look, we bang on the NFL a lot. They're an easy target because they're the bully, but NFL's done a great job. Let's just put it out there. We we get, have to give the devil its due sometimes, and the NFL has done a great job to get us to this point with basically nobody on the COVID list, ready to go, just like they said. So let's play some NFL football this week. I don't think you made your way to Vegas this year, but a lot of off seasons you do head out there. I've seen you out there uh, with your pile yep. of tickets on futures going into the season. So I'm assuming a similar situation. We'll get to the player awards because I know you always have an MVP bet. I always have an MVP bet. But what about uh, some futures? It could be win totals, uh, division, maybe even you jumped in on Super Bowl uh, really early. Do you have anything you want to share with the early odds audience? It's funny because I'm the impulse buyer when it comes to future bets. I'm that guy at the front of the store. It just can't. Oh, hey, there's there's some AAA batteries, and I'll buy myself a candy bar. Too. That's me in futures bets. I just can't stop. I can't like I I love the futures market. I, I usually do fairly well in it. And this year, I'll just I mean some of my favorites. I'm fading the Bucks. I I got Tampa Bay under ten, and I think that that's I feel pretty good about that. I don't think that's an eleven one team in my mind. I the bills over i think everybody in the world's on the bills so i don't think i'm i'm really like you know standing out there i took the under on the jets I, they're just a debacle to me i don't trust gase i don't trust that off when your offense has james crowder as his number one playmaker how good are you going to be i it just boggles my mind they're just not very good i took uh, i <laughs> i took the broncos over and less than 24 hours later Von Miller goes down for the season, and 24 hours after that, Cortland Sutton's got a shoulder injury. So that's the downside to futures bets. That's why I usually like taking unders, but I had the over on them. Uh, a few divisions. I took the Cowboys, like everybody else in the world took the Cowboys. I did get on the Bills earlier this offseason. I had small ones on the Cardinals and Broncos just to see if that plays out. Uh, and then uh, the Bears, I, you know, I, I know that the NFC North to me is the one division where I can make an argument for any of the four teams, a good argument. And I just think the Bears, look, it's basically the same team that won it in 2018. Yeah, Fangio's gone. And there's yeah, obviously a couple differences. But I, I look at the Bears as they took a step back in regression last year and everybody gave up on them. I, I don't know. I think it just – them going 8-8 eight eight last year to me was normal. Maybe not that much of a dip. But you know they were going to take a step back, and I, they weren't terrible. They weren't four and twelve. They were a middle of the road NFL team, and I, I think they can kind of bounce back and positive regression hits them a little bit. Frank, I've said that all off season. This is the only division in the NFL I can make a case for any of the four teams. Yes. Um, I'm just confounded by all the people that have made such a strong case for Detroit. I get what Stafford was doing the first half of the season, but to turn the defense around that much. And the consensus seems to be that the bears are the fourth place team in the division, which I'm also not buying. Yeah. And and to me, it's all about Matt Patricia. And I I look, I like to be a little more nuanced when it comes to handicapping, right? Like the NFL is not just, Hey, who's the coach who's the quarterback, but sometimes it's, who's the coach, who's the quarterback. And Matt Patricia doesn't, I, I don't have any confidence in him whatsoever. Like, I don't think he he runs a good program. I don't think he's the defensive mastermind we might have thought he was in New England because that defense was terrible last year. Darius Slay's gone. I know Kuda's a good player, but so's Darius Slay. He's not there anymore. You know, they sign Adrian Peterson off the street, and 
Like, yeah, we might start him on Sunday. Why? Why? <laughs> Are you looking at, you know, 2008 game film? Like, Aaron Peterson's had a great career, but to just say, yeah, we might start Aaron Peterson on Sunday, just it's just another the Lions being the Lions. They haven't won a division since 93, and there's a good reason. So, look, you can't make the argument. Stafford was great last year before he got hurt. There are a lot of guys on that offense. But I just can't trust Patricia, and I don't like either of the two favorites. So that kind of leaves me with the Bears, who I think, you know, you can make a good argument for as long as either Trubisky or Foles plays relatively well. I don't – they don't need to be top five quarterbacks. They, they, one of those guys just needs to be good enough to not screw them up. Yeah, it felt like that's what they were shooting for. Can we be an average offense? and then we'll be all right. I guess it's not that hot because it sounds like you agree with me since you don't like the two favorites in Minnesota and Green Bay. But what I was thinking was a hot take was Minnesota, the favorite to win the division. And and I'm looking at things and I've just landed on this over the last couple of days. I I think the Vikings are going to be the fourth place team in the NFC North with all the talent that they've lost. I could totally see it too. I mean, Who's their number two pass catcher right now? I, I guess it's Dalvin, but I've been talking about outside guys, not running backs. I, I mean, Irv Smith Jr., like I like him as a talent, but I just think that the big trade totally changes their offense. He was a guy who opened things up. Cousins was really, really good last year. Really good. I, I just think there's this narrative on Kirk, and it's never going to go away. That Kirk is just a guy, and he stings, whatever. Can't play in a big stage. Kirk was really good last year. But you take digs away from him. Yeah, it doesn't sound like Justin Jefferson's really blown the doors off anybody in camp. And I don't think he's really, you know, BC Johnson sounds like their number two guy right now. Nobody's going to fear that. No defense is going to say, well, we need to really, you know, account for all their weapons. They're just going to say, let's bracket the heck out of Thielen, make sure he doesn't kill us and make Kirk beat us everywhere else. I, their defense, I get it. It's like Zimmer's time. It's a young man's game. And maybe they just got younger and, and that's going to help. But, Still a lot of turnover on that defense. I had not thought of Vikings in last place just because he kind of defaulted to the Lions. But you know what? I, I think that's a pretty sharp uh, angle there, and I, I can't disagree with you. I think I think the Vikings are going to have to prove some things this year. Sharp. I like I like the sound of that. <laughs> let's get the year started. Yeah, let's see if you agree with me once we go over these picks. Uh, what about player awards? I'm a sucker for betting on the MVP. Was lucky enough yep. to hit on Lamar Jackson last year. MVP or anything else? One uh, small one on Chandler Jones, Defensive Player of the Year. The guy always has 18 sacks. What if he pushes it to 20? And, and what if Arizona's pretty good? So small in there. But my main one, I've been pounding the drum on this all offseason. Dak Prescott MVP. He's 14 to 1, which isn't great odds. You know, usually I'd like to be at least in the 30 range, but I just see it all lining up for Dak. First of all, I think MVP is totally different than most bets we make in that you have to handicap the voters. You have to look at, okay, what what do voters like? I might think that. Michael Thomas is the greatest player in the NFL and he deserves to win MVP, but betting on him is just wasting your money. Voters don't like non-quarterbacks. They don't. It's just since 93, when Emmett Smith won, there's been only six running backs, non-quarterbacks, and they're all running backs. And every single one of those running backs either rushed for 2,000 yards or set a single season touchdown record. You basically need to be Superman to win MVP if you're not a quarterback. And J.J. Watt was Superman in 2014 and he still couldn't win. So you eliminate basically everybody but 32 guys. And then of those 32, you eliminate probably half of that. And so you're really down to about, you know, you can reasonably say there's about 15 guys I can select from. Dak Prescott's going to be in the headlines all year. 
everything he does right is going to be talking about the contract, his Cowboys quarterback, so he's going to get a publicity bump that Russell Wilson just can't get. Even Lamar Jackson can't get, and even you know, and Mahomes can. But I'm, you know, if you're looking at what's going to draw these guys, the Cowboys are going to be on national TV a ton. He's got a ton of weapons to work with. He, he threw for 4,900 last year, and he's in a better situation this year with Jarwin getting Witten snaps and Lamb getting Cobb snaps. So I think he's going to get 5,000, which always sticks out the voters. It's a round number, and they love it. I think he's going to throw for 30-plus touchdowns. I think the Cowboys are going to win the East. And so all of this lines up to me is landing on Dak. is just – it all lines up absolutely perfectly for him. And I, I basically feel like all I got to do is fade Lamar and, and Patrick having this – a year you can't deny. And I think Dak's going to be right there, and he's going to be the guy. I circled two names. One was Dak Prescott, and I don't know. Is this the, the trendy pick? I'm thinking it is. I say trendy pick, MVP. What do you think? Kyler. Yeah. 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 My I, only problem with that, my only problem, and I, I agree. Look, I think, that's, I think that's a very smart play. He's on a lot of my fantasy teams. Let's put it that way. And, but I think the problem is, can they get to the playoffs? And it kind of goes hand in hand. Look, the Cardinals make the playoffs. We're going to give Kyler a ton of credit. He's going to, probably because he had a big year, and, and that kind of plays into each other and snowballs a little bit. But if they don't make the playoffs, he ain't winning. Like, it's only happened twice, Unitas in 67, which this weird like tiebreaker situation where they were, I believe, 11-1 and one and 2 or something like that and didn't make the playoffs. And then O.J. Simpson in 73. That, those are the only two guys who have ever come and won an MVP off a non-playoff team. So I, I think it's almost like if you're betting Kyler, it all lines up. It all makes sense. But what, the one thing that he doesn't have that I think Dak does is his team doesn't have a great chance to make the playoffs. But if they do, again, like that, that increases his chances to win MVP because everybody's going to look and say, look what a great year Kyler had. He got this you know, dog-awful Cardinals franchise to the playoffs. Yeah, no offensive line. And so I'm buying the Cardinals, obviously. Do you think that the MVP can come from a team that makes the playoffs with a 9-7 and record with this expanded format? I don't know. I, I don't think so. I, I think that, again, you go back to the history of the voters, what they look for, what, what they always you know, lean on. It's easy to recognize round numbers. It's quarterbacks, and it's the best teams. They kind of start with the quarterbacks on the best teams work their way back. And if Kyler is 9-7, and seven, that means he's going to have to have a huge year, and you're going to have to say there's not a 13-3 and three Dak Prescott or Carson Wentz or whoever who was their team was four games better. I don't think that that's the way you should do it. I, I, I don't believe in quarterback wins. I don't believe a quarterback owns his own individual <laughs> record, but again, we're handicapping voters. We're not right. handicapping just football. We're also looking at what do voters like voters fall in love with basically the best quarterback on the best team. And let's keep working down until we find a quarterback on a good team. We can give MVP to. Yep. There is a clear cut formula and I, I used to say bye, but now since there's only one in each conference, I don't think the bye is part of the formula anymore. Yeah, it, it might not be, but it might be. It might be, hey, you got the number one seed. That, yeah. That's going to stand out yeah. so much. That, that's such a – I don't think we're talking about that enough, by the way. Just talking NFL, not really betting angles here, but <laughs> if you get that number one seed, such you have advantage. such an edge over – the difference between number one and number two is enormous this year and in future years. And I don't think they've, we've really talked enough about the impact that's going to have on the regular NFL that you basically got to win two home games to get into the playoffs, whereas the two seed has got to win a home game and probably two road games to get to the Super Bowl. It's, it, it's pretty crazy, the difference now. That's Yahoo Sports' Frank Schwab. This is Joe Ostrowski. You've got early odds.
on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Coming up next, we are going to go back and forth with our top plays for week one. Frank, stay right there. Thank you for listening to Early Odds on 670, The Score, the Radio.com app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast you've got early odds with joe ostrowski sports radio 670 the score the nfl kicks into full gear tomorrow so why not let's go over our best bets for week one in the nfl and Frank Schwab is my guest from Yahoo Sports. Frank, so why don't you start us off? The board is yours. Where do you want to go? I I I, I'll, I would say that the game I like the most, but that would mean I like a game. This is a crazy week it's one. Hard. I, I don't remember doing this every season, but I think this week one is just unique. It is one of those like, there's no locks. I, we both know that. But there's no game where I'm like, yes, let's go right there. I guess the one game, I'll start this off because – the one game I kind of do feel good about, and I do feel a little square about it, but that's okay. Square sometimes wins. How are the how are the Jets going to stick with the Buffalo Bills? I don't know how they score. I we kind of talked about that a little bit. The the Jets' offense just have no playmakers unless Brashad Perryman, who's been hurt most of camp, just comes out and is a true number one like he was late last season with Tampa. How are, how are they going to score on this Bills defense? I just don't get it. I don't see it. I think that they're they're topping out at about 10, 13 points, and I think the Bills can score. So Bills minus six and a half is one of the few games I, I'm like, okay, that that's one of my plays. Okay. Yeah, I like it. Uh, Jets might be the worst team in the NFL. I was actually I was actually looking at the team total of 16 and a half. Frank, I think you go under there. Yeah, it's hard for me to see them getting the 17. It really is, unless Josh Allen throws some pick sixes or even interceptions in his own territory. We know how that screws the team totals. But I just, I don't, I just don't like anything about this Jets team right now. Look, if we're going through some of their best players, before, going into the offseason anyway, where Jamal Adams, well, he's traded. C.J. Mosley, 
he opted out. Le'Veon Bell, who doesn't even know why he's not practicing, basically. It's it's just a, a disaster over there right now, and I have no trust in Adam Case. I do like Sam Darnold, actually, but I just think he's in such a bad situation that it, it, he just can't do anything about it. All right, I'm going to hold off on your Broncos. You are based in Denver. For people that don't know, we'll hold off a little bit there. But how about the Cardinals and the 49ers? Yeah. I'm, I'm worried about being trendy. I was just talking about Kyler a little bit ago. Some spots you can still find that spread at seven. San Francisco favored by the touchdown. Uh, last year, these two teams, both games, very tight. Niners win one by a field goal. And the second matchup, they won by 10 points. But the Cardinals were up by three. It was with a, a bad minute beat. left in that game. That was a brutal beat. Uh, some changes to the San Francisco roster. Uh, I think the Cardinals are going to hang around. It's going to be at least a, a one-score game with an opportunity to win outright. I'll take the points with Arizona. Me too. Uh, th- this stat really jumped out at me, and I wish I would have been more actionable with it. But – I, you know, I was researching, and you've probably known this, I, that we go back to the 96 Super Bowl, which was Packers-Patriots, right? So in 97, the Packers and Patriots won the division. Since then, only one Super Bowl has both teams won their division the next year. The Seattle Seahawks-Denver Broncos Super Bowl. They both won their division in 2014. Every other Super Bowl since 1997, at least one of the two teams has not won its division the next year. It, it, that, that's not fluke. That's not just some weird, you know, team's record on Thursday night with full moon. That, that's not it. It's a shorter season. The Super Bowl hangover is real. The Kansas City Chiefs, you know, Thursday night looked phenomenal. So you go to the San Francisco 49ers and you say, maybe there's a step back coming here. They, they, a lot went right for them. A lot of positive game scripts. They were kind of the team that snuck up on everybody. Not sneaking up on anybody this year. You know Arizona's coming out and saying, hey, if we want to win the West, we gotta we got to make a statement against the team. We almost beat twice last year. I'm with you. I, I really like Arizona and the points here. It, it does seem very, very trendy, but I, why not? Like, I, I mean, it, it, it all lines up pretty well. I, I think that that's a, a, this could be a close game. You know this, too. It's like you look at week one and you're trying to figure things out, especially this year. It's not much of an offseason. And you kind of just land on the teams that you think are going to have a big year, right? Yeah, yeah. And also, you know, I mean, it kills me because every year we have at least one result where we look back and we say, what happened there? The, the Cincinnati Bengals outplayed the Seattle Seahawks last year in week one. Completely outplayed them. They, mm. they lost by, I think, 22-21. But we look back at that at the end of the year and we say, how did the Bengals almost beat the Seahawks? Or the, the infamously, I was all about the Minnesota Vikings and Teddy Bridgewater year. They go to San Francisco, which was terrible then. And Carlos Hyde goes off on the second Monday night game and they win. And I'm like, how could I have been so wrong about the Vikings and the 49ers? Well, by the end of the year, the 49ers are like two and 14 and the Vikings won a division. So in week one, there's always one or two results. So you just look back and after five, six weeks and say, that makes no sense <laughs> based on anything else we have seen this NFL season. With Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, Sports Radio 670, the score. Frank, you gave us the bills. Uh, give us a second NFL game you liked. I'm going to go with the Bengals and I'm going to go with them straight up. I, I just, I don't like the chargers offense. I, I Tyron should not be starting anymore. He's a solid backup. And I don't know why he's starting for that team. Derwin James injury is no joke. I mean, he is as talented as they come. I think that, you know, they lost Pouncey too. I believe he's doubtful. So which means he's probably not going to play. 
I always give a little extra, you know, attention to a team missing its center because that's a big position on the line, more than we give credit for. And I just think this Bengals team is going to be – I'm buying the Burrow stuff. Every single story that came out of camp was Burrow looks great. He's legit. Why wouldn't I believe that? This kid was unbelievable at LSU last year. And I, I get, you know, Joe Brady and, and Clyde Edwards Alaire. He had a lot to work with there. But I'm buying the Burrow hype. The Chargers are always one of those teams that lose games they shouldn't lose. They're not good when they go west to east. I'm, I'm taking the Bengals straight up. I don't know that they're going to be a, a 9-10 win team this year, but I think out of the gates, they're going to surprise some teams. They're going to be pretty good. Watch the Chargers be good after screwing people that bet on yeah, them. Yeah, like, the Chargers, this is probably, honestly, like my backlash over being on the Chargers year after yeah. year after year after year and getting yep. disappointed. But now this is the year they're going to go 13-3, and three and I shouldn't have been on them. I, I'm with you, man. You know, Burrow is actually set up to be in a pretty good position. He has some weapons on offense, does, AJ Green and Joe Mixon. And I'm wondering, uh, with the lack of fans at most of these games, if it's going to be a little bit easier on rookie quarterbacks when they go on the road. Not the situation this week since they're playing in Cincinnati, but I wonder if he's uh, primed to have one of the better rookie seasons we've seen. Yeah, I actually, over this offseason, talked to – you know, we just talked to former players about what do you think about the season that's going to happen with no fans. And I ended up talking to Mark Sanchez and Carson Palmer. Both said the same thing about rookie quarterbacks, where it's just so much easier for you to communicate. It's one less thing you got to worry about. You're worried about so much as a rookie quarterback that just eliminating, like, communication is, you know, the, the difficulty it can be communicating. Even sometimes at home when the crowd's getting crazy. You know, we, we've seen that before. That eliminating that out of, you know, your your – the worry list is is going to be a pretty big deal for these guys, I think. And I think you're going to see Burrow. Yeah, I think we all talk about, oh, how is Joe Burrow going to be any good without preseason? Do we really truly think 30 to 40 preseason throws are, are making the difference in Joe Burrow? Like, I, I think this kid could just play football, and I think he's going to be ready. We sometimes underestimate the ability of these elite, elite athletes getting ready to play NFL football. I'm going to stay in the AFC North and go to the Browns-Ravens matchup. These two teams split last year. Baker Mayfield actually had some success against Baltimore in the 40-25 uh -huh. win. Uh, we think it's a pretty good upgrade at head coach because you couldn't possibly make a lateral move uh, compared to Freddie Kitchens by, <laughs> by moving to Stefanski. Upgrades on the offense with Conklin and Austin Hooper at tight end. Maybe Baker gets it together sure there's going to be some Lamar Jackson regression but even with regression he's still probably going to be a really really good quarterback an elite one at that but uh it, the divisional game early in the season getting more than a touchdown I'm going to take Cleveland plus seven and a half yeah a healthy Odell Beckham I mean he was never healthy last year just straight up he hurt mm -hmm. he suffered a core injury in camp it was never the same guy he comes back and he's he's better and I'm with you. Yeah, they look good. I mean, they did look good against Baltimore last year in Baltimore. Nick Chubb ran all over them. And, and that was – I, I kind of got thrown off the scent of the Ravens last year because of that game. I, I, I held on to that game for weeks. I was like, Ravens aren't that good. I watched that Browns game. No, no, they were really good. It's just the Browns were much better that day. I'm with you. I think that could be a close game. You know, we talk about continuity. Like, that's the be-all, end-all, right? What about the element of surprise? The Baltimore Ravens go into this game – they don't know exactly what Kevin Stefanski is going to do on offense. They know his basic scheme. They've watched the Vikings tape, but they don't know how he's going to use Chubb. They don't know how he's going to use Kareem Hunt. They don't know what he's going to do with Odell Beckham. Same goes for like New England opponents. We, we all say the continuity, you need continuity. Well, maybe surprise helps too. 
the Browns come into this game knowing what the Ravens want to do. The Ravens got everybody back, basically. The Browns are having a lot of changes because of, of their coach. I think the element of surprise, no preseason, I think that that's actually something we're not paying enough attention to because for some reason we all just get stuck on continuity as the king here. And, and a lot of times we see these rookie head coaches succeed, and a lot of times it's because of that element of surprise. Now, yep. listen, I, I don't want to say, yeah, yeah, the Browns are going to win straight up. Come on. I mean, you still have Lamar Jackson on the other side, and they have one of the best head coaches around, and he has an entire offseason to prepare. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think I'm with you there in that. Ravens win, Browns cover. I, I, I'm with you. I, I, I had looked at the Browns, too, and I, I, I do like that angle. I just think that, look, they got off to a bad start in that opener last year against the Titans. The Browns did. They don't want to repeat that. They remember that. Like, this is just – I think it's a good spot for them to really be competitive. Agree. Uh, Frank, is there a third NFL game you like? Again, maybe. I don't know if this is square or not, but I'll take the Saints. I, I think I think the Bucks hype is out of control. I really do. I just don't see it. We spent all of the last, what, six weeks last year and the Titans playoff game. Everybody on my Twitter feeds, Brady's washed up. He's done. He's finished. Whatever. We get the moment the offseason starts, it's which team is Tom Brady going to save? <laughs> oh, what? Well, you were just talking about how he was washed up at age 42. Look, the history of NFL quarterbacks at 43 or older is literally non-existent. There's only one guy who's ever started multiple games at age 43 or older. It's Vinny Testaverde, uh, some random year at the Panthers. He started six games and he was terrible. Literally anything Tom Brady does positive is historic for a 43-year-old quarterback. Now, I can say the same thing about 42, 41. 40. Yes, I, I get it. He's broken all the rules, but this is a he's changing teams. First time since he was at the University of Michigan. He's got a new offense that I don't really think fits him great, to be honest. We know Arians likes vertical, and, and Tom's more of a horizontal guy at this point in his career. And just getting on, on the same page with his receivers, Mike Evans isn't going to be there, so Lattimore can lock up with Godwin. Everything in this game leads me to the Saints. And I don't love laying the extra half point, but maybe the, the Evans injury kind of mitigates that, and, and that gives me a little bit more of an edge. I, I love the Saints here, even without fans in the crowd. As long as they play in a Superdome, which I don't think has even been official yet, but this is crazy. That's a 2020 story, isn't it? We don't even know where the 49ers and Saints are playing quite yet, but if the Saints, assuming they play in a Superdome and it's a normal game and all that kind of stuff, I love the Saints here just because that is a very, very good football team, and I'm not sold on the Bucks yet. And the line keeps dropping, and as you mentioned, Mike Evans might not play in this game. Like, what are we doing? Right. I understand the New Orleans usually off to slow starts from time to time, but if this number hits three, I'm jumping. There's no oh, doubt yeah. that I'm going to be just there. Be, and I, I, I just don't get it. I, I Look, I understand the, the siren song of Brady. To be Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. I'm not trashing Tom Brady here. I'm just saying, he's 43. And he didn't look great at the end of last year. Maybe it was his receivers. Maybe, look, with Julian Edelman's your number one guy, and you ain't really got a number two. Maybe James White's your number two. I get it. You're not going to be a great quarterback in that situation. But, look, if, if I'm looking up at the end of uh, September and just took my cap to Tom Brady and he's done it to me again, fine. Uh, I'll live with that. But right now, I'm fading it. I just think it's way too buzzy, way too public. I don't think the Bucs are going to be very good this year. I think they're going to be eight, nine wins. I just don't – I don't see them being this – Super Bowl contender that a lot of people are hyping them up as. All right, so uh, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, on the Bills, Bengals, and the Saints. So far, he gave out the Cardinals and the Browns. And the last one, I'm interested in your perspective since you're very close to the Browns organization here, uh, being based in Denver. 
I'm going to Monday night and we have mm-hmm. all this crazy line movement because of Von Miller, uh, a strong trend now for decades and decades, decades. You don't yeah, want to play in Denver early on in the season due to the thin air, unless you're the bears going against Joe Flacco last year. <laughs> that, that somehow worked <laughs> getting out a, for the bears. Getting a crazy roughing the passer penalty. And a, yeah, oh yeah. A that was your field goal at the buzzer. <laughs> I still don't know how the bears won that one, but no, yeah, a lot of Bears fans will tell you that everything went wrong last year. Look at the uh, list of quarterbacks that they beat last year. But anyways, <laughs> um, you know, the, the Titans, there will be regression. But the question yep. is, how extreme will it be? Getting this number inside of a field goal, what must be happening inside that locker room, finding out days before the season starts that you're losing Von Miller. I'm not a Drew Locke guy. It was nice to see him win some games at the end of the year as a rookie, but it's not like he was blowing teams away and he was the reason that they were winning those games. As long as it's inside of a field goal, I'm going to lay it, Frank, because I think the Titans win by three. Really interesting. I'll disagree with you. And look, I get it. if, If there was no Von Miller injury, I was lock and loaded on the Broncos week one. I, I thought this line's too small. The Broncos are one of those teams I thought last year was really unlucky. Not just the Bears game, but the Jaguars game was similar. Vikings game was similar. They hit a 92% win probability in all three of those games and lost them. If they win those games, we're talking about a, a Broncos team that was 10-6 and six last year. And our conversation right now is much, much different. It, that's the NFL. The, the margins are so thin that way. So I think the Broncos are a little underrated coming into the season. I love that home field. What is it like the, in September? They're what at 30 and four. All day. Yeah, whatever the record is, it's, it's startling. And in this weird off season, no preseason, are the Titans in football shape to come to the altitude and play? I, maybe. They, again, I don't want to dismiss the ability of elite athletes to get themselves ready, but it hits everybody. So I like the Broncos home angle early in the year. I like the Broncos being an underrated team coming into the year. I do like the Titans regression a little bit, especially Tannehill. But you're right that the Vaughn, all of a sudden Vaughn happens. I don't think he was worth a two and a half point swing on the line. No. I just don't. Like I, I thought that was crazy. Usually you don't see maybe a guy like a J.J. Watt in his prime swings a line like a point. Like it's no non-quarterback should swing a two and a half points. So I think the value is on the Broncos here. If it gets to three, I'll definitely be on it. Am I a little worried? Yes, especially Cortland Sutton. We don't know about him either, but I just kind of feel like this is a good spot for the Broncos. And maybe, you know, the, this crazy line move the past few days since a bond injury actually is going to help me get even more value, especially if I can get at the field goal. Uh, Frank, to your point, I looked it up last year, so I just updated the stat a little bit. Weeks one and two at home, since the AFL-NFL merger, the Broncos straight up are 51-9-2. That's unbelievable. <laughs> I, didn't, I honestly didn't even realize it was that, that crazy. Like, I, as you told me that, I was like, wow. Like that, and I covered the Broncos as a beat writer for 10 years, and I didn't even know that. Like, so <laughs> I, I, don't, I didn't remember it anyway. Again, that's a trend that I can logically work through. Some trends I hate. Sure. Some trends I'm just like, this means nothing. It's, it's already been adjusted for. But that trend, because you're coming to the altitude early in the year, and again, especially this season, no offseason, weird kind of training camp, no preseason. Are the Titans going to be able to, to you know, maybe, uh, maybe I'll just wait and take a second half bet on the Broncos because I do think the Titans are going to wear out. I, it's just, it happens all the time, no matter how good a shape you're in. You're just not ready for this altitude usually. 
I better let you go before you completely change my mind and I flip on this game. <laughs> Trust me, with the, with the indecisiveness I've had this week, just looking at these games, going back and forth, I might end up having one of those two in 14 weeks. I, I just feel so, like, on the edge about every game. I'm, I'm, I don't feel great. Even the three I gave you, I feel good about them. I don't feel great about any of them. But that's the beauty of week one, man. I love – week one to me – if you're telling me what's the greatest days on the sporting calendar, everybody talking about Super Bowl Sunday, March Madness. Well, I go week one of the NFL in my top five because it's just everybody's got hope. Everybody's fantasy teams are 0-0. Every team thinks they can make a Super Bowl run like the 99 Rams. It's just this beautiful thing to see all these games matter so much, and it's just action and fantasy and pools and survivor pool. Love mm-hmm. it, man. Love week one. Love week one. Uh, it's going to be glorious. Frank Schwab. Find his work. He's an NFL writer at yahoosports.com. Follow him on Twitter at Yahoo Schwab. Frank, appreciate you jumping on early odds for week one here. Oh, no doubt, man. I could talk about this stuff all day. It's so fun to have the NFL back. And you should listen to Frank because he finished 33rd in the 2017 Super Contest. You don't know? That's in the top 1% of the top NFL handicappers in the world. Coming up next, we'll hear from a Vegas odds maker and their outlook on week one in the NFL. This is Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, 670 The Score, and the Radio.com app. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski, Sports Radio 670 The Score. Hope you're enjoying your Saturday morning, and how can you not? Full slate of NFL games all day tomorrow, Bears-Lions at noon. And Early Odds isn't the only place you can find some of my sports betting content. This past Monday, launched my brand new sports betting show. It's on the Radio.com app live daily, 9 to 11 a.m. It's called Bet Sweats with Joe O. Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. If you can't listen or watch live, if you want to see me in my basement office, by the way, you can subscribe to the podcast. New ones posted every day around noon. You can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com. Just search Bet Sweats two hours every single day. And yesterday on Bet Sweats, one of my guests was Chuck Esposito, Chicago native. He is the sportsbook director at Sunset Stations out in Las Vegas. And in this portion of our conversation, Chuck tells us about the sharp action, the square dog action, and which NFL game is getting the most action. Uh, I think by far, Joe, it's the intriguing late game between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the New Orleans Saints. Tom Brady makes his uh, debut in the copper or creamsicle, whatever they'll be wearing, um, against Drew Brees and the Saints. That game is getting a tremendous amount of action. Any notable sharp and or uh, public action that you've received in the NFL so far? Yeah, first I'll, I'll touch on the public action. And, you know, the public game clearly is kind of similar to what we went through with the with the Golden Knights, and that's on the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, that number mm. has, has jumped a few points. Um, they're playing against the Carolina team that has, you know, a lot of rookies that are going to start, four rookies on defense, a very unexperienced defense, a new head coach in Matt Rule, a new quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater. Um, we've seen a lot of Raider play. I would say probably the, the biggest sharp play so far has been on the Bills. Uh, seem to like that side a lot against the Jets. It seems a tad light, and I think that number will continue to tick up uh, before the early kickoff on Sunday morning. 
And Chuck, as you know, there's some stale lines out there. There's been so much movement, and you just hit on one with the Raiders. At one point, that was a pick against the Panthers, and now you're sitting there with the Raiders uh, favored by a field goal. Uh, the team that I cover most days, the Bears, a lot of line movement in that game. Lions now three-point favorites. Did it all make sense to you, just the way the market has gone so far? I think so. I mean, when we put these games up, Joe, it, it is so far in advance that there's so many variables. If it's trades, draft, injuries, um, you know, trends that we kind of see. There was no preseason, so a lot of it's on information that we read. We're in an information era, so we're getting it, you know, just like the, the other side of the counter is. But I suspect you'll still see some, you know, some movement between now and Sunday. You've seen that Steelers game climb up a lot. I was really surprised at uh, the Titans-Broncos game. When that game was was hovering around pick, I really felt that the line was going to close the Titans, at least a couple-point favorite. And that was even before the Von Miller injury. But I was surprised that it jumped so much just because of that one injury. I can't remember a defensive player impacting the number by two two and a half points, but I thought that number would climb up. I think, you know, you look at the Cowboys-Rams game, you've seen some early action on the Cowboys to drive that number up. And Bears-Lions, I thought all along that number would come down. I know Detroit with Stafford, when they have all their pieces, they're a much better offense. But, you know, and I thought Trubisky would win that job just because he is 3-0 mm -hmm. and and he's got his highest quarterback ranking against any team against the Lions. I, I really felt the Bears wanted him to win that job. And with no preseason, he would get to start game one. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me to see that number tick down a little bit before kickoff. I agree there, and a lot of injuries. Uh, anybody qualify as a square dog? A lot of the public action on a dog. As you know, Chuck, typically you don't want to be on that side. I would say it's with the Cardinals. Um, we've seen that number come down mm -hmm. a little bit. And I think there's an infatuation with the way they finished last year and, and Kyler Murray and Drake in that offense and then making that big trade uh, for DeAndre Hopkins and then locking him up. I think all the injuries that the Niners have had kind of on both sides of the ball, but mainly at wide out, uh, you've seen that number come down. But I really think you're going to see that number get driven back up um, by kickoff. The other one is the, is the Browns a little bit. We've seen that number come down slightly as well. Um, you know, they went in there last year. It wasn't a great season. We had more tickets, Joe, last year on them to win the Super Bowl and more liability than any other team. And we all know what happened. They were still sitting on the sidelines when the postseason started. But they did go into Baltimore last year and won 40-25, to 25, probably their signature win last year. And we have seen that number come down a bit as well. And I think both cases have been a little bit more, more square than sharp. Uh-uh. Don't like hearing that from Chuck Esposito, sportsbook director at the Station Casinos out in Las Vegas. And that was a clip from BetsWest. That's the kind of stuff you get. Great information like that daily, Monday through Friday, 9 to 11 a.m. live on the Radio.com app. But more important than that, subscribe to the BetSweats podcast, iTunes, Spotify, and Radio.com. It's that time of the week. Let's go over to Hawthorne Racecourse, check in with Jim Miller. Spent a lot of time with Jim previewing the Derby last week with Authentic. Bring it home. My $2 exacta would have paid you 41 bucks with Authentic yeah. and Tis the Law. A $1 try, $1,300 and a dollar super, almost $8,000, Jim. And here's the crazy thing about it, Joe. I mean, there were 15 horses in the race, especially after the scratch a thousand words in the paddock. 
the heavy favorite ran second and still the payouts were pretty good. And we talked about on the show last week, we were going to box authentic, tis the law and thousand words, thousand words scratches. They left us with only two horses in the race. And fortunately they run one, two, and they ran one, two in the best order possible to make money. And I'll tell you, that's a nice return on the exacta when you have a heavy favorite. That's the beauty of a big field for racing though. It's a nice way to make a little bit of money too. Given the situation in 2020, uh, running the Derby, different schedule and everything, but overall, do you think it was a victory for horse racing? Um, it was a victory for the horse racing, only for the fact that I think it was going to be either running it when they did or just postponing the race altogether. And when you look at these horsemen trying to get their horses ready for the run for the Roses, whenever it's going to happen, it's still an important race. And I know betting was down across the board on the Derby because you didn't have fans in the stands, different time of year, all the major sports were going on. But regardless, getting it to run the race was something that was important. There was a lot of viewership still for the race. And I'm really hopeful that we're just back to that traditional schedule next year, the first Saturday in May. But hey, running the race was important. I'm glad they did so. And it helped us in the pocketbook too. Well, Jim, what about this Saturday? What do we like? Yeah, this Saturday, we're going north of the border for a couple of races on Saturday. First of all, we're going to Woodbine, race number nine, the $250,000 Canadian Stakes. Bet this horse across the board. The five another time is 12 to one in the morning line. Has speed, could very easily steal this race like Authentic did in the Derby, and you could get a good price there. Then follow right up with race 10 at Woodbine. Again, bet this horse across the board. The 13, Mighty Heart, 20 to one in the morning line, improving each and every start out. And this horse in its only fifth lifetime start is trying a million dollar race, but I think the horse could upset there. And then go to Hawthorne, race number five, the four, Finley's Philly, sitting on a win. Just bet this horse to win. You get the meets leading driver and Casey Leonard, and Finley's Philly will be very tough there. Jim Miller at Hawthorne Racecourse. Jim, talk to you next Saturday morning. All right, Joe, good luck. My guests this week on Early Odds, Jim Miller, Chuck Esposito, and Frank Schwab. Bet Sweats, my new daily sports betting show on the Radio.com app, 9 to 11 a.m. live every weekday. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast. You search Bet Sweats on iTunes, Spotify, Radio.com, and tell a friend for this football season. Inside the Clubhouse is next on 670 The Score. Best of luck and have fun. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.